Riverside. That's right, we are back and we are live and it is another episode of your favorite football podcast. I'm talking about what the football podcast. I'm talking about Conway T. I'm talking about Rudds and of course, Wado, our resident, Arteta, Arsenal, the gunner himself. Another win, Wade. Another win. You have to be buzzing and we are going to dive into that a little bit later. We had plenty of action in the Premier League this weekend. Of course, the top of the table just rolls on with two supreme juggernauts fighting it out tooth and nail to who will be king of England. We're down to four games. That's right. Only four games left in another epic title race. But it doesn't stop there, ladies and gentlemen. We had the massive results at the bottom of the table. Burnley, of course, turning it around very late against Watford. But come on, come on. Fran... Fat Frank has done the job on Chelsea. Many Chelsea fans are saying a deal was struck beforehand for Fat Frank just to allow him to actually get that result against Everton and of course uh, against Chelsea. And of course, we will look at that because Arsenal, Wade, are only three points behind Chelsea. My goodness, could you imagine the scenes if Arsenal finish above the supposed European and world champions? Wouldn't that just be funny? And of course, we had Spurs get victory over Leicester. And that fourth spot is, of course, hotting up. Effectively ruling Manchester United null and void in those results. Oh, where do we start? I mean, Wade's back. He sounds good. He's looking good. He's happy. Wade, talk to me, baby. A derby win? Surely. Surely you're calling it. Um, nah, until it's mathematically um, impossible for anyone to take over, um, I'm still on edge, man. You know, there's been so many twists and turns in, in, in this season. So it's it's going to be tough because this weekend is crucial. And I know I say that every week, but, you know, Liverpool, Spurs, I'm hoping you guys can do us a, a massive favor. Um, I'm expecting that, actually. But, you know, I'm thinking back to when you guys played Spurs at um, at their stadium, man. That, they played so well that day. I still remember that clearly. Um, you know, just creating so many chances on the break. And um, they, they, could have, they could have got a, a... What was the score there anyway? I actually forgot two what all. the final score was. Two all, yeah? Um, but I remember thinking they were unlucky not to get a result that day. But Liverpool at Anfield, different proposition altogether. We just got to do the business now. You know, it's um, it's up to us. If we win all our games, we're we good. Um, I still think the North London, North London derby is going to be massive. But um, look, I'm happy, man. Three wins on the row. Uh, three wins in a row. Uh, United, Chelsea, West Ham. Probably the three games that, uh, you know, everyone thought was going to give us real trouble. Um, so it makes it frustrating that we dropped those points to Palace, Southampton and Brighton. But this is the Premier League. You know, we just got to look forward. I'm, I'm happy with where we're at now, but I'm on edge, man. I actually woke up for that one at 1.30 last night. I went to bed at 8, <laughs> set my alarm, and I was up up at 1.30 to watch it live. I just I had to catch it. It's that time of the season now. So, 
Um, look, it was a struggle first half. Wasn't the greatest, but it doesn't matter at this stage. It's all about three points. So we'll take it and we move. And you move. Well, I'm looking, you know, I'm looking at the stats and if you look at the overall game, you know, West Ham dominated in terms of possession. They created a fair few chances. West Ham are always a, a tough, tough team to play and you've got the job done. Um, but, I, you know, there was comments from Pep early in the season, Wade, and he said, I, I have no issues with the big games. I don't have to get my players up for that. Maybe the same is true for Arsenal right now because the struggle is against the, the lesser teams, the one you expected to steamroll, yet you're making you know, to an extent, light work of some of these these supposed bigger teams. Do you think that comes down to uh, just the fact that you have to be up for these games? Um, I mean, it could be a factor, but I think if you look at Chelsea's recent form, they haven't been too great, so we probably got them at a good time. Same with United, actually. If we're talking about these last three wins in particular, um, you know, I think we played those teams at a very good time. West Ham, obviously, in a European semi-final as well. Uh, they got a lot of things going on. Um, I think the inconsistency probably comes down to the fact that we're the youngest team in the league. You know, uh, we're going to have those those ups and downs. It's all about learning. You know, taking your lumps and and moving forward. So, um, I'm I'm buzzing, man. I can't believe we're in fourth. Like it's 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 actually crazy. After those three losses, I thought to myself, now there's no ways we bounce back now. And I remember looking at the fixtures and thinking. It's all pointing towards Spurs. They want a really good run as well. Um, but they've been pretty inconsistent. If you look at the results they've had under Conte, um, it's been sort of win-loss, win-loss, maybe a couple of wins, then another loss. And they've had some shocking performances as well. Like how many times have we sat here and said Spurs didn't have any shots on target or you know they hardly had any attempts, you know, especially with the strike force that they have. So... Um, it's been so up and down, so I'm, I'm just enjoying it, man. If we get top four with the youngest team in the league after the start we had, I was reading a stat today. Apparently, no team that's lost the first three games has ever finished higher than seventh. So, I mean, if we can get top four, it's it'll be crazy. And I, I think already what Mikel's done, wherever we finish now, that's that's one thing I'm happy about is that, you know, people are starting to recognize the work that he's done. He's transformed the team and we're heading in the right direction regardless. But I'd be massively disappointed if we didn't secure top four. I have to admit that, especially at this stage. Well, given that particular state, uh, Rads, and obviously I get you to chime in here with, you know, United playing later and you've pretty much rendered their season done and dusted. But obviously it's hotting up between Arsenal and, and Spurs and we've got you know, going into this weekend's games, you've got Spurs playing Liverpool at uh, at Anfield and Arsenal at home to Leeds. You know, Arsenal get a victory there. Do you think that's it? You know, obviously with the North London derby next week, you're talking about a five-point buffer um, fully in Arsenal's hands at that stage. Um, what do you make of the battle? Where do you think the, the differences lie? And I guess who's holding the trump card? Yeah, look, obviously points in the bag are hard to, to, to beat. So another the last two games for Spurs are uh, Burnley and Norwich. Um I think with uh with Wade you've got you've got Everton, the very last game. Um and there's another one before that, the Newcastle Newcastle, yeah. Newcastle away. Newcastle, yeah. And I mean I don't you watch the game, Connell, but that stadium is buzzing. No, that team is is on a high. That's going to be a very tough game. 
Um, but I, th- I think it now has swung in Arsenal's favour. The one thing I will say is the bigger games, there were three ugly wins, I think. The Chelsea, um, United and West Ham won. I think any of those games could have gone either way. Um, you know, there's some calls and some things that went in Arsenal's favour. It's <laughs> I like what you said before in terms of being up for the bigger games and what happens in the smaller games. I think with the with the teams that sit behind the behind the ball, I think it's a different proposition for Arsenal. So I think that's going to be interesting to see how Leeds approach it because they don't normally sit behind the ball. So I think Leeds probably are one that will you know play into Arsenal's favour. Um, but the others, I'm not so sure. Um, but I think if you do beat Leeds and you go to go with the five points, and I think that off that that North London derby, the way Arsenal been playing, I think they can get another ugly win, um, and then that that's game over. Um, but you know, if Spurs beat Liverpool this week, though, um, I think all of a sudden they'll be the one on a high, um, even if they are two points behind. They'll go into that North London derby as the big dogs. It's their home game. You know, it's all in our hands now. We win our last three games and we're in the top four. So um, I think the one, the, the curveball that I'd probably say is is Chelsea <laughs> um, because they, they they could drop out. Um, you know, all of a sudden they're in a really bad run. Um, and, you know, I think three points behind Arsenal. Um, so if they don't pick up their form, all of a sudden it's it's... It's them who could be out of the the Champions League spots, and then you you're looking at Thomas Tuchel, and you know they were favourites at some point in preseason to win the title, um, and you know that'll be a massive fall from grace for them. Yeah, and I mean they do have some tricky games, Chelsea coming up. Uh, aside from Watford in the last game, you know you've got an erratic Wolves, uh, a relegation fighting threatened Leeds, and toss a coin Leicester. You don't know what you're getting on the day. So three very, very tricky games there. Watford is probably the only give me three points in that one, but certainly will be interesting to see how the top four unfolds. Um, but we have to switch and, and spend maybe five five or so minutes at the bottom of the table. Two huge turnaround results. I called it, boys. Leeds are in the mire. They've got down 4-0 by City. To be fair to Leeds, I thought they actually held City um, and were... I think Jesse Marsh would be extremely angry at the nature of the two goals they conceded. I mean, of all the goals we've conceded against City, set pieces are literally the last ones you want to concede. Um, and they go concede, uh, uh, which I thought was poor marking in the first instance. But I actually thought for large parts of that uh, first half, up until that goal, um, you know, City looked a little bit devoid of ideas. It was a small time and Leeds were sitting a low block. One thing I had noticed, I actually said, wow, Leeds actually aren't running around like hapless chickens like they did under Bielsa for, for a lot of the time. And they actually have a bit of structure and shape to the way they play. Um, and City are going to find it hard like Liverpool do in, in most games against teams in that low block. But ultimately, Leeds undid themselves with some poor marking and set pieces. So are they going down, boys? Where do we see the turnaround coming from Leeds? We, they lose again to Arsenal. It's it's followed by another game, I think, against Chelsea. And it's just down, 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 while Everton have turned it completely around. And, of course, Burnley with those late wins. So where do you see it at the minute, Rudds? It's it's ebbing and flowing at the bottom as much at the top. Massive surprise with that result against uh, Chelsea for Everton. I'm coming. Um, I, I know 
you know, we, we talked about Chelsea being in poor form. They've been creating chances. They created a lot of chances against Arsenal, created a lot of chances against United, um, you know, could have won both those games. And you would have thought, you know, you create those kind of chances against Everton. Um, and, you know, if you watched that game, some of the saves, I think one came off Pickford's face or something. Like, you know, there was, there were, they had that many. Um, it, it could have easily been a game that, that ends up with them. So I, I still think Everton in trouble. Um, I don't think they... I don't see them picking up too many points. Um, Leeds have been playing well and Everton haven't been playing well. I think that's probably where, where I'd, 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 I'd separate those teams. Um, so somehow I think Leeds will still survive. And Wade, I mean, obviously the, that that battle at the bottom is, is heating up and it keeps changing much like the the top four week in, week out. Are Burnley still the best equipped you feel and, and really this battle is, is Leeds and, and Everton at this stage? Yeah, I think I agree with Rudds there. Um, I would say Burnley, they look like they're the best equipped team to deal with this relegation scrap, uh, grinding out results at the right time. Um, you have to give them a lot of credit, especially their new coach, Michael Jackson. Um, I think he's Shout done out a to MJ. Shout out to <laughs> Shout MJ. Out to MJ. Um, no, I think he's done a really good job with them. So they've they've bought themselves themselves a little bit of breathing room. I mean, not too much. They've they played a game more than Everton, um, two points ahead of them. But I, I still think it's 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 the bottom three as it stands now. Well, those those last two teams are pretty much gone. So it is just that one spot now. But I don't see Everton turning around. As Rod said, I only caught the highlights of this game. I wish I watched the, watched the full 90 because it looked like it was quite a heated, intense game to watch. So um, they really stepped it out in this one. Everton rode their luck um, at times and, you know, scored from that mistake from Azpilicueta. But I still think it's it's going to be hard for them. And I remember us looking at their fixtures a couple of weeks ago and they had a lot of the... Uh, teams that we're thinking the top 12 um, of the Prem. So Leicester way next. Um, like you said, Leicester are a flip of the coin at the moment. Never know what you're going to get, but I am expecting them to bounce back um, after their, their loss against Spurs. Um, Leeds, they have shown that they can adapt under Jesse Marsh. Um, they don't just play that one way anymore. They can obviously still play that Bielsa style of football where it's just gung-ho. But they have shown that ability to also tuck in at times, um, like you mentioned before there, Connell. So um, I don't know. I, I still can't see Everton pulling themselves out this hole. I haven't seen enough. I know they got a good win against Chelsea um, and they beat Man United a couple of weeks ago as well. But I just think the fixtures are, are, are working against them and they haven't got the momentum at the moment. I mean... Let's see how they bounce back from this. You know, Goodison Park was rocking. Um, you know, this could get them going. But for me, I, I think the bottom three will stay as it is um, for the rest of the season. And of course, we, can, we can't go through a week without touching on a chance. But, you know, the top of the table um, is really at, at you know, <clears throat> levels of two, two years ago when these two teams were going toe-to-toe. I believe Gary Neville said it in his podcast. Um, I don't know if you heard it, Rudds, but uh, I'll play a bit of a soundbite later. But he was talking about, you know, the era of when Arsenal and, and, and pretty much Man United were competing. And even, oh, he said Arsenal, uh, sorry, Man United and Blackburn. And he, he made a comment to say that, you know, Ferguson or, or the managers would always say, don't worry, guys, somebody's going to slip up. 
You know, both basically that was the mantra of managers from both sides. And he spoke about how they went into every game, just Ferguson kind of saying towards the end, don't worry, they will slip up. Um, <laughs> that, that doesn't seem to be uh, prevalent these days when it comes to Man City and Liverpool, of course, because of the, the, the level, I guess, being set and where the two of them are. I guess my question being is, do we see a slip coming or are we just going to see another play out of uh, per- perfection in a way in that both teams are just going to get the results all the way to the end? Well, Man City did slip up already. Um, and that's why Liverpool, have, at, at, Claude, at one stage, we were saying, uh, it's done deal, it looked like it's City. So uh, I kind of wonder whether they've done their slip up and now they're going to just cruise, cruise home. Um, they've got nice fixtures. Um, it looks like, look, it's going to come down to the wire if you do slip up. I mean, that Spurs game now for for Liverpool is, is massive. And it's the... It's a game before City, right? So City don't play at the same time. So they'll be able to see that result. And I always do think in the running, the first game is a, is, Less pressure. is a benefit. I think if you're playing first, you you just know what to do. I think if you're playing with the pressure of, you know, Liverpool have already won and they won against Spurs, then those type of things creep into to the players. So I think as long as Liverpool continue to play first and win, you know, I think there's every chance Man City can slip up. Um, let's see. I mean, but it's it's tight. It's very tight. Oh, Wade, I guess I'll, I'll argue with Rod's point there. You know, if you look at the slip-up, that happened at a stage in January. I wouldn't call it a slip-up in the sense of, I'm talking specifically in these last 10 games. If you look at what happened that season two years ago, we had 10 games remaining and someone said, someone's going to slip somewhere. Both teams ended up going on and winning their final 10 games. Take away the Liverpool-Man City result. It's 10 final games again. And City have won, at this stage, six of those games on, on the trot. Liverpool have won the exact same. So the question still remains. Is there a slip in either one of these teams in this final 10 games, of which only four remain? Or do you see both teams basically winning their remaining games? If I had to put money on it, I'd... I'd probably bet on the latter there um i just i don't see these teams losing at the moment even when the going gets tough you know that both these teams seem to pull results out you just mentioned there that you know city won 4-0 on the weekend and probably were nowhere near their best right um and they still managed to put four um past leads so same with liverpool you know a couple of games recently they haven't looked like they're gonna absolutely batter teams um you know, we spoke about the, the Everton game last week where, yes, they dominated possession, but I don't remember Pickford being peppered with shots to a point where I thought this is going to end 4 or 5 nil to Liverpool. It could have easily ended one all at the end, you know, um, if, if Everton snuck in a goal there. So looking at City's fixtures, Newcastle at home, then they play Wolves, they play West Ham, who've played a lot of games now um, as well, and then they play Villa at home. I don't see where a loss is going to come from looking at those fixtures. And I think outside of Spurs, it'll be pretty similar for Liverpool as well um, in terms of, you know, the, the remaining fixtures. I'm, I'm not 100% sure who Liverpool have left. But, um, yeah, if I had to put money on it from well, what we we've actually, seen in the past. We actually have very similar fixtures. We both teams similar. Play, play Wolves and both teams play Aston Villa. Yeah. There you go. And, and, and both those City, teams... City play Newcastle this weekend. Ah, so there you go. So pretty much exactly the same, except for that Spurs game. And um, 
um, and West Ham. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I don't see that the standard is so high at the moment between these two teams. I, I don't see where the slip-up comes from because, uh, as I said, you guys don't even have to be at your best. I'm talking about Liverpool and City to get these results because they're just so much um, so much better than everyone else. So uh, it's tough, man. I've, I've changed this decision, I think, four or five times in the last couple of months. But and I don't even know who I said last, but it looks like it's going to be City that are going to take it at this stage. So, but I don't know. We might revisit that next week. Let's well, yeah, he has an interesting one for you, Jensen. I'll put a, a little theory out, right? And maybe, um, maybe it's a stretch, but I'll put it out there anyway. So, two seasons ago when this happened, it's fair to say that Liverpool and City went from game one and basically went back and forth the entire way through the season. So you always had this one pushing the other all the way through. This season to me felt a little bit different. Well, didn't feel a little bit different. It was completely different. Mm. We all sat in January. I even practically conceded the title and said, you don't claw back 14 points against this City team. Yet this City team threw away 14 points. And yes, games in hand, points on the board are what they are. 14 points. Um, to your point, Rudds, and this is where I want to dive in a little bit deeper, is, it, is there a different psychology at play in these final four games, especially with the fact that this pesky mosquito, which is what basically we are to Pep Guardiola, just will not go away, and the fact that we are playing first in the majority of those games. And don't forget that season, uh, Manchester City were actually out of Europe by this stage, so they actually didn't have anything but league games. Does that throw another curveball into the thinking of, of the tinker man, uh, Pep Guardiola? Is there anything there that you see a difference? I mean, it's, it is two completely different seasons, yet almost going towards the same climax. That old tinkers more when he's playing Champions League. I don't think he's going to tinker too much in the, uh, in the Premier League. I think he knows what he needs to do to win those games. It's, it's when he tries to outsmart and, and do things differently to win in that, that Champions League that's, that's, you know, been that hurdle he can't overcome. Um, you'll be looking at the Spurs game thinking, hey, maybe, but I just looked at the, the record that Spurs have. I think in the last, you know, there was a draw in the last game, but before that, Liverpool got like eight to nine wins in a row against yeah. Spurs, you know, so that's home and away. So I, I don't know if, if that Conte factor is going to help them much in that, in that game. So um, that'd be the one thing if I'm, if I'm Man City thinking that, you know, this is the one that can, can get us the Wolves away. Wolves have, have been pretty good against Man City in the past, um, but that was playing different football. That was with Nuno, you know, playing that pragmatic, defensive, let's get behind the ball, let's frustrate them, um, particularly in the first half, and then we'll try to get something in the second half. Um, it's a different Wolves, and I think they they have kind of just lost their momentum in terms of the way they've been playing and the results they've been getting. So let's see, can Stevie G do uh, Liverpool a favour? Can Stevie G do Pepper a favour? You know, that's, that's an interesting narrative there with both teams playing Aston Villa, so... Um, there's going to be headlines either way. Yeah, look, I think with the Villa game, uh, Villa seem to have a, a half in them where they play decent football and then they decide to just uh, go to sleep for the rest of the game and allow the teams to, to roll over. I think. The but can you imagine if it was Coutinho scoring the winner against Liverpool? <laughs> uh, the and, and what? No? And, and well, the script, I'd, the I'd love to side. see it. 
But I'd love to see it because if it's Coutinho scoring a win against Liverpool, of I think he's a player. Of course, you would love to see it. But but no, what I would love to see is what Steven Gerrard's reaction would be. You know, because typically you would think as a manager winning that's one of the greatest feelings for any any supporter, right, or even a manager to grab that win in the very last minute of the game. It's 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 unbelievable, right? But with the allegiance he has to Liverpool, I think it'll be a tough one, right? Because really, Aston Villa are playing for for nothing. Um, obviously, his integrity of the competition, he can't he can't play a weakened team. But I think if there's one that he's, he he wouldn't mind losing, I think it'll definitely be that game. And obviously, the, the opposite side of his continuous scoring a win, a last minute win against Man City, I think Gerard will celebrate like he's won the league himself. So, well, wait. So I think that, yes, yeah. yes, yes, the dream season for all Liverpool supporters. The game enters the 90th minute and the last game of the season. And who steps up but Philip Coutinho to score the winner against Manchester City to give Liverpool the title? So we can only pray. I don't want it to go down to that last minute because I'd probably have shut myself about 300 times by that stage. But I prefer if we just did a little bit early and maybe Connor Cody, the ex-Liverpool player at Wolves, can get a draw over there. I'll take that because I'm not sure I could... Uh, go through a 90-minute last game uh, if, episode. If that happens, if that was to happen, right? And oh, Coutinho, I think that that could possibly... Actually, I don't know if it would, but the Aguero moments, winning the league with the very last kick of the game, you know... I'll be um, right up there. You know, it'll be up there, but I mean, the Aguero on a special... I'm no, not, you can't top. Yeah, you can't top that Aguero. Now, just, just to add to what you oh, were I saying think, about Stevie G... Was, yeah, I think with the Aguero one, that, the first time is always the greatest, so yeah, can't yeah. argue with yeah. that. And they won the league. Um, I think with Stevie G, knowing what a winner he is, I think he wants nothing else but Villa to win. You know, that guy oh, is yeah. just a winner, man. So um, it's funny you mention that because I was I was looking to see what Frank's reaction uh, would be like in this um, Everton versus Chelsea game, and he was loving it. You know, on the sideline, he was right into it, man. When they scored, he was going crazy, and at the end of the game as well. So. But I guess it's a bit of a different situation because he's they desperate, right? Favor, so, right? Let's uh, be honest. Yeah. yeah I think time. even Chelsea fans looking, they love Frank. And they, yeah. and uh, you know, if. And you know, let's be clear, like, they'll closer to the top 10 when he came in the relegation uh, battle, mm. when he mm. took over from uh, Benitez. And as bad as Benitez had been, or whatever the case may be, this is a this is absolute disaster for Everton yeah. to be in the relegation zone. So you know if he can get them to to survive, you know Chelsea fans are hanging on that because I think they still got a there's there's still a love for him. I think they still compare him to Arteta and Oli and all these other managers to say he's you know who who's the best out of those. And I think you know there's really no contest if he takes a club the size of Everton down. That's just you know I think. Stick to the punditry after that, bro. Do you guys uh, what, see what if you can join the football podcast next year? Let me tell you something. <laughs> Let me ask you all this: if, if let's say he just keeps them in, right? Um, you reckon they give him like what? What happens next season? You reckon they just say, "All right, let's run it back, Frank," or what? Because I mean, let's be honest: like you just mentioned, it's been a disaster this season. You know, so what do you do? You back him in the market and say, Frank, who do you want? And get his players and you try and rebuild they with him? Or... They have, they have to. They have no choice. They have to because financially as well. So they've just got given this guy a massive deal. If they sack him, 
they are tight with the FFP re- re- uh, regulations in terms of because yeah, they had heavy right. spending. Good so, yeah. um, you know, they've got to try and um, make the most of what they've got. Uh, there will be some ins and outs. I suspect they'll probably try and get something for someone like Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Um, there was some interest previously by, by Arsenal. I don't know if that still exists, um, but that's an asset they'll try to get money from and then see if they can... They'll probably look at what he did at Chelsea with youth and think yeah. that he could put, perhaps do the same and get rid of these older guys, these fading stars that are not doing too well. So, you know, I think on paper, looking at what he'd done at Chelsea and 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 obviously this is the optimist in me and optimist in the in Everton fans saying, you know, he did something decent at Chelsea and at Derby. So let's see if he can do something similar. Um, but I don't think he will. Even if they keep him up, I think. Um, if he keeps them up and he keeps his job, money on him being the first manager sacked next year. I was just going to ask you about that, Rudds. What's the what's the guys on the Everton podcast saying? What's what's the feeling like with the Everton pods at the moment? I skipped that one about It's actually, um, I, I did listen to it. The game that they had played, they had um, lost to Burnley, and then. They were playing United that weekend. Um, so I did listen to some, and they were really disappointed in terms of the Burnley result. And then really, really disappointed in, in the comments that Sean Dyche had said. Um, so Sean Dyche said, like, these lot don't know how to how to win a game. Um, and unfortunately for United, they were talking about, oh, that's that's got them. That's riled him up and riled the players up to get something from, from the game. Um, but... They were so bad with Rafa, and because of the history of Liverpool, they just wanted him out. That was yeah. that, because of that appointment. It's not hard for anyone else coming in to look a lot better. I think now they're saying, "Oh well, <laughs> perhaps we shouldn't have gone for a rookie manager who has only really failed in all in his last couple of gigs." Um, but I think they're looking across at what Stevie G did and what others have done, um, and thought there may be something in there. But that, I mean, those are different stories, different storylines, different credentials in terms of what they've done. I mean, what? No, anyway, um, I, I don't think it's any secret that I'm not a fan of Frank Lampard. We definitely know that, and uh, I'm sure our resident fan we've had on here before, Money Majak, shout out, um, as well. Riyadh does not rate uh, one fat Frank Lampard. If there's one that hates him more than me, it's got to be Connor. Um, <laughs> and that is only because he went toe to toe with Klopp. After that moment, he's like, nah. No. If Frank Lampard, he's the one to be get him out of the league. He hasn't has earned his stripes. He hasn't earned his stripes. <laughs> Bloody hell, he's having a go at one of the best out there. Anyway, <laughs> that is a great segue, Rudds, because I do want to play a, uh, a soundbite, actually, from last week. And I believe it was extremely big news. I want to get your views on this, gents. Um, but uh, allow me to actually play this for you. Good morning, everybody. Um, it's about what, 10 a.m. at Liverpool. And yeah, there's something to announce. Like last time, some will like it, some will not like it too much. If it will not like it, stop watching now. Uh, I stay for another two years. And not only me. No. Um, all my coaches as well, and um, which is the most important, actually. Um, and 
Why is now the question? After all, the first German newspapers wrote Klopp will stop in 2024, I think his entire career. I'm not 100% sure, but we'll finish here. And now we do that. Yeah. Because Ola wants to say, and as a good husband, what are you doing when your wife wants to stay? You stay. And that's not the only reason. <laughs> and um, easy decision, huh? you know. So, I mean, where were you when this news dropped, Rudd? I can uh, picture your face. I, I, I got a couple of insiders saying there were tears. There was concern. Oh. He's staying longer. My club <laughs> will not win for many years to come. Rudd no, no, doesn't care, man. They're getting 10 arg, so he's, he's all good, you know. He's not worried about Klopp. <laughs> no, look, to be honest with you, um, the, the news of Klopp um, coincides with um, rumours that Pep is also extending as well for another two years. So I think they'll both be there for the same period of time. I think in terms of, you know, leave the tribalism and rivalries uh, to one side, you want the best league in the world to have the best managers in the world. So... Um, I think in terms of the football purists and what we want to see, I think that's good news. I think it's a different kind of challenge for Klopp. Um, I know that pains so, you to say, Rad. Yeah, look... Very politically I'm, correct answer. Yeah, yeah very, look, I think very, Klopp, he actually tiptoed around these words very nicely there. <laughs> yeah, look, Klopp, Klopp's a very good manager and I think um, it's the best signing Liverpool could have done. Uh, best signing Liverpool's ever made. Uh, if, if in you, the history if you of the this. club. Um, I think... Um, Obviously, it's looking unlikely. Well, I don't know if it's looking likely. Not. I don't know. Maybe you can give us an update on what the situation is with Mane and Salah, etc. But um, it's an interesting task for him because he's got now, um, and and you know he's got his team. So it's going to be interesting to see if they can maintain what they've got. And you know, I'm not saying he can't do it. I think he he's very capable of it. But it's a different challenge. Um, because he's got to recycle. Because that was always the biggest challenge for Fergie, and he always said it to say it's one thing to build a, a winning team, it's then to continue it as you replace and regenerate. That's the real um, challenge, isn't that's it? That's the real yeah. challenge. I mean, you know, even with, with with Wenger, you know, you make a couple couple of mistakes, or there's a couple of players that you can't quite replace, and then it's hard. Yeah. Um, so that would be his biggest challenge, especially when you've got, you know, a lot of teams chasing, a lot of teams investing, a lot of teams trying to maintain it, and he's still got Pep in the league. Um, so I think that's going to be, um, I think it's going to be fantastic viewing for all of us to see how he navigates through that. So, yeah, I mean, I've, I've got no qualms about it. I mean, United, from a United perspective, I don't know if it's really bad news for us. I think United got their own problems. I don't think United are ready to win the league in the next one or two years anyway. So I think it's, um, by the time Klopp is looking to leave, United need to be in a situation where they are pushing or close to it. And maybe that timing is fantastic for United. Um, so, you know, for me to say realistically, in the next year or so, United are going to win the league. I think, you know, I'd be, I'd, I'd be some smoking some good stuff, you know. So, um, you know, I, I don't think it's, uh, it's much for me to worry about from, from that perspective. Uh, I can tell you, listeners, I actually can see Rudd's face. And I can tell you his, his face is depicting a completely different uh, to what his words are actually saying. So although he's, he's, uh, you know, he's saying all the right things, he is a man that knows that in five years, if, if, if it is Liverpool, there's a lot of domination there and a lot of uh, potential titles that might be taken away from their beloved club. It's just and, um, thing it makes it hard, bro. Like, I, the thing I, is, I, I, he, he, can he just piss off already so we can dominate for five years? <laughs> so, so I think it would, be, it would be so much better if Klopp just held on to that news for Pep to say, next year will be my last year. 
because I think that was the the, the rumors. I think Klopp staying and the rivalry that the love they have for each other, you know that 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 Lila rivalry, rivalry we spoke about. Rivalry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's uh, got you on record. You know what I mean? That Lila rivalry. Yeah, yeah, it's an actual I rivalry. Think, believe it or not. Yeah, that 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 um, you know, I think that could have um, sway Pep to stay longer. I, I think um, if you know, I think if I was playing that game to say let's get City because I think once Pep goes, even once Klopp goes. Um, that's going to be a massive challenge. Uh, I, I, I just I don't think, and this is the thing to your, uh, to what you were saying, these two managers don't play games and they don't really care what the other one's doing. They just care about yeah. the world that they're in. So for Klopp, yeah, and Pep, the thing is with Pep, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued to see if he does extend um, and maybe the, the signing of Klopp, you know, forces that hand because there are these rumors about him taking on the Brazilian team and they don't seem to be going away. Um, they're lingering in the background. Um, it's just long, the longest he's ever been at a club. Um, Pep Guardiola, the same for, for Jürgen. So it'll be interesting. Maybe if he gets the Champions League, he does call it a day. That's another thing, why he's not committing. Because I feel like he's got this monkey on his back of like, mm. just get me one more Champions League and then I can take a break. Um, so yeah, I, I, to your point, Wade, I mean, Wade, your, your opinion on the, on the matter, Klopp resigning? Yeah, well, I woke up to about 15 messages from my brother uh, with the news. So I knew something was going on when I checked my phone. But um, look, I think if ever a manager has embodied a club, it's it's Klopp and Liverpool. You know, he's he's got that same passion that the fans do. He pretty much connected with the fans instantly. He's a big character. He's obviously passionate. Um, as well, and, and and he's got a he's got a lot of the same characteristics as to what Liverpool stand for as a club. So um, I'm not surprised he's extended by any means. Um, you know, Rod spoke about recycling the team, which is going to be a big challenge for him. I think he's he's pretty much halfway there now, isn't halfway. he? You look yeah. at the depth that they have in every position. I think crazy. you only if you take That's probably crazy. maybe Van Dyke out the team, you really feel it. But outside of that, he can rotate every other position pretty much, you know. And yeah. that's only because Van Dyke is, I don't know, at the end of his career, we might be talking about him as one of the best defenders we've ever seen. So it's hard to replace a guy like that. And you could maybe add Allison in there as well. There's a bit of a drop-off with the reserve goalkeeper. But outside of those two guys, yeah. I mean, that but squad is so deep. With um, Allison, you can see Allison because of his goalkeeper, you can see him staying throughout Klopp's tenure, mm. right? You can yeah, see well, him Allison, uh, if, if you didn't know, Allison last year signed a six-year deal. So he doesn't yeah. want to go anywhere. Yeah. So, so he'll be there for that, for that full period. I think Virgil will be the one that will need to get replaced at some point. Um, even if he does get a, another contract, I think when defenders get to that age, particularly a defender who's, you know, his, his place... And um, the the speed at which he defends is, is 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 vital for him. You know, if you if you lose that yard, then I think it's a different um, sort of game for him. So he'll be one that will be interesting to replace. And maybe the replacement is already there with Kanate. Uh, you know, maybe what a, what a beast he is already. Maybe Kanate comes into his own, and then he steps right in, and then you're just looking for a partner for him. So oh, Joel um, Matip has been excellent this season. Excellent. You know, honestly, he's been right up there to be player of the season. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I think if we're talking about Van Dyke not lasting, I don't think we can talk about Matip yeah. being the one that outlasts Van Dyke. Um, but I think um, that's that's a potential 
um, thing. But like I said, I think Kanate is he's already looking at that future and saying, yeah, Kanate's in there. Um, in the middle, I think if Jordan Henderson wants to go, I don't think that'll be a massive blow. Um, I think in terms of maybe the the that's big a, thing that's these a little players bit, have. That's a, that's a little bit. Uh, I, I think no. you'd have a lot of Liverpool fans say so that's a bit. I'm talking about from a play. What he does add a lot to the club is off the field leadership and what he does for change. Intangibles. Same, same with James Milner. I, and I think United suffered when we lost a lot of those big characters at the same time. Um, so, you know, whether that'll have an impact or not, but in terms of on the field, they're not as impactful as they had been in the past. Um, so, you know, I think there may be a lot of bodies out this year um, for Liverpool. I think... Well, um, Milner is actually being going to get offered another year. Yeah, but there were pictures of him crying on the sideline and they're talking about that. Was, you know, they thought he was crying because potentially one of his last involvements, um, you know, at, in front of the home crowd. So... Oh, I'm he's sorry. crying I'm sorry. because was... Leeds are probably going to get relegated. <laughs> well, no. So, I mean, hard to read between those. Yeah. You know, Divock I think that's been spoken about him looking, he's definitely looking to move on. Um, so, you know, I think there'll be a couple of players moving on. And then we got the situation with Mane and Salah. You know, if you want to get money in, and Liverpool's still a business, um, and you need that money to continue to re- reinvest in the squad, um, you know, you got to you got to think about what happens there if these guys are not signing contracts, and you've already got players like Jota and and um, Diaz that are looking like they they are the goods, you know. So you're going to probably have to, you know, from the business perspective, to to let one of them go. Um, if you don't, then you know it's going to be interesting how he manages them as they may slip out of form and you know what that means um, for the club going forward. But I like it'll be a good. I could be talking about the recycling of the squad. It's going to be interesting to see what happens because those players are not going to continue at that level as they get older and, and, and get out of form. So, you know, even even for me, you know, um, he's been so vital in terms of what the expectation is from pressing in the front line. What, you know, what, you know, if you take him out for the entire season, there's a lot there for others to pick up. And you don't, it's not easy to replace that with another striker there's, who's. There's no who's player like that. I felt, I honestly, I felt at one stage like Bobby was the most important of that front three because just of how he used to link everything together. So the fact now, though, that you can actually put him on the bench and it looks like Liverpool haven't even lost a step playing Mane up top, it just speaks to that depth again that they have, you know, because I couldn't see Firmino out the team. He was so integral to the way Liverpool played with uh, Mane and Salah coming inside and playing almost as strikers, really, essentially. Wide strikers, almost. And it's just crazy, man, that they've been been able to, you know, put Bobby on the bench and not lose a step at all. And in you fact, Mane's looked so dangerous when he's played up top as well. But you know, it's funny about that, Wade. I don't actually think it, that was part of the greater plan. I actually, this season has forced Klopp's hand to find a solution. And his injuries. Caused, yeah, yeah, Bobby, unfortunately, this year, mate, he's gone from hamstring injury to thigh injury to calf injury to now he's got a foot injury. He, he He's out the team because of his injuries, not because there's a better option. And yeah. the thing with Mane, though, is as Klopp has trialed him there a couple of times in different, just one or two off games, and now it's built momentum and he's asked him to play in between the lines and drop in. So it gives us a different perspective. No one will ever beat Bobby. I, I fully agree with you. I thought, man, I'm like, this team cannot function without this man. You know, no offense to Bert, but Bobby was the key. He was the front Crucial. press. He was everything yeah. from the top that drove it all. So 
to see us continue on without him is actually it's a little bit sad if I'm if I'm honest with you because I love him so much and but at the same time it's testament to Klopp and his team's management that they're able to adapt and bring Mane who's really sort of a wide inverted winger um to play as a central role which is you know completely different for the most part but it'll certainly be interesting times I know speaking from to many Liverpool supporters we were practically uh, in in celebration mode when when we had the the announcement because it does mean you know probably one of our greatest managers of all time is continuing on and you know long may the yeah. the, the the success and just competing at the top level again is where Liverpool supporters want to be and this is just a sign of of that continuing on. So yeah, I was talking to Ryan, who's a massive Liverpool supporter. I think he's he's a, a producer who. Um, he's best friends with Trevor Noah, and um, shout out to Trevor saying, if you're listening. He was saying that um, he's generally fearful of the day that Klopp walks away, of what will happen next, because it's a monumental task for anybody coming in. Um, no one's going to play the the exact same style. A lot of the players won't fit into the next manager, and then it's going to be a rebuild. And who knows, you know, it's, it's to get it right again in the the current climate is, is tough. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure he would have been screaming <laughs> and running down the street celebrating with the news of Klopp resigning. Well, that's a, if we, we can add that if we do go on for the quadruple, we'll add that as another trophy. Uh, it'll could be called the Klopp trophy we'll put in there. I do want to close the segment out with a, a bit of a funny, I read an article on Football 365 <laughs> I thought it was just quite funny the way they closed it off because you could just hear from a rival fan the thoughts. He says, it's terrible news for those playing catch-up. 2026 is a long way off. Mikel Arteta will be in the process of extending, in inverted comments, his process. Harry Kane will be 33 and still trophyless at Tottenham or Manchester United. Chelsea will be firmly reduced to a cup team, losing two finals a season. And I thought this was the best one. Wayne Rooney will be overseeing the overhaul of the overhaul at Old Trafford. With one flick of his pen, Klopp has failsafe Liverpool's future, cemented the Premier League soft spot in European League hierarchy for the foreseeable future, and effed all of us, except Manchester City, who will be continually effing us all the way through. So I thought that was a quite a funny take on the matter. Well, that was great, gents, but uh, let's not kid ourselves. We know why we do this podcast, and it is powered by Riverside FM. Again, thank you to our sponsors, Riverside FM. Rads, trivia man, I just want to put on record I have listened back to the pod, and Wade did answer first, so I'm happy thank to accept you. that one. Nice. <laughs> okay, so what do we know? We're even now, eh? No, 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 we I got even? a two point lead. What? Yeah. Two? I thought it's. I was- I was three. Yeah, I cut that lead back. No, it was only one. Se- it was only one. Se- uh, one oh, segment. Yeah, last week. one segment last week. Okay. Yeah. Jesus. So he had a he had a three point lead and it's, it's been brought back down. So let's see. Let's see how you go this week. So same same rules apply. So we got the the quick hits, fastest finger first. You know. You know how we go. First question, boys. Who took charge of the hundredth match with the win percentage record? Over those first hundred games, that's only bettered by Pep and Jose. Sucho? No. Conte? Oh, sorry, are you talking? Conte. It is Conte. So he's 100 bet in charge. That would have been including Chelsea? Yeah. 
100 Premier League matches. So he's got so only so Pepe and Jose. I think they both got a win percentage of 73% of their first hundred. Um, Conte's got 65. I think um, obviously with that first season when Liverpool finished eighth, Klopp's not in the in the no, top ten for those. So. Yeah. Which team has won three consecutive games against the top eight teams for the first time Ah, since 2012? I was going to say, I was waiting for him to finish the question. Arsenal. (laughs) Who took their goal contribution across the English top flights um, to 100 over the weekend? Son. No. Ronaldo. English player. Vardy. Kane. No. Not Kane or Vardy. No. Bowen. It is Jared Bowen. Get in there, lad. <laughs> Across the last 16 games, which team has top scored in the league? Liverpool. No. Spurs. It is Spurs. <laughs> Connell's back in it to a piece. Which right-footed player scored their 10th goal son. with his left foot? Yes, it is Son. Well, wow, this one is, he's been saying this son one... every week for every answer, pretty much. That <laughs> yeah, to come through, huh? That's to come through at <laughs> this some stage. <laughs> this one's a tight. This one's a tight one this week. You're going, we're going blow for blow. We're stepping it up. Here. It's the business yeah. end of the season now, bro. We're not even waiting for questions to finish, boy. We're <laughs> hey, jumping in there. <laughs> <laughs> Who scored your 17th goal? 17th goal against the same opponent. A record that's only beaten by Alan Shearer. 17th goal against the same opponent. Ronaldo? No. No, they haven't played. Oh. Seven. Kane? Harry Kane? I've got to give that one to Wade. He called it out first. <laughs> I know. I'm, this is one for the dubious panel. Have you seen again. this? Have you seen yeah. me? Did he see me? No, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you you can said, listen to it again. I said Harry. He said Kane. Harry Kane. Oh. Harry Kane. You know what I mean? None of that. Uh, I don't know. You could have been talking about Harry Maguire for all I know. Yeah. <laughs> I said the whole name. <laughs> um, who recorded their fifth clean sheet in consecutive away games? Allison. Which is it? Which is the long? Which team is the longest Liverpool, ever Liverpool. run in all competitions? Sorry, which which teams did you say? Liverpool. No. What was the question? City. Sorry. It is City. So don't worry about the question, question Wade. Don't worry about the question. Sheets. Yeah. Okay. Got you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Who became the first manager in the club's history to win three of the first four games? I can't think of, Oh, the Burnley manager. I don't even know that was his name. Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. I said, <laughs> I got it. How do you know it. his name? We just, we just talked about him. No, 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 gave him it. a shout out before. Shout out I got it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> all right. All right. What's Actually, you only got there? it because, because Wade brought it up. If yeah. Wade hadn't spoke about Michael Jackson early on, Conor would have had no idea who the Burnley manager is. I should have saved it for the trivia. He, he, he reminded me because I, when I saw the interview of that, I'm like, is this his name, Michael Jackson? <laughs> <laughs> I was shocked. Uh, all right, two more to go. So what's the Which score? score are we four all, are we tied? It? It's 4 all. Uh, it is 4 I think it's 5-4 to me. Sure. Not it's 4 all. It's With four piece, two questions to go. I know. Come on, Taylor. Come on, Taylor. Who became the first club 
to lose 11 consecutive home games in the in the history Watch of it. the league. Oof, which fixture now has the most draws in the competition's history? No two teams have had more draws in the league. Aston Villa and whoever they played. No. I don't even know who played it through this weekend. Southampton and Palace? Yeah, nope. no. I don't know who played. Um, draws. Who drew on the weekend? It was a little bit further back than the weekend. Oh, okay. So it's in a between fix. the last cost and Brighton. was it a draw? Brighton, Southampton. No. Must be someone involving Bloody Brighton. Two oh, big teams, man. boys. Two big teams. Chelsea, Arsenal. No. Man, oh, I don't fuck it. Everton, Leicester. No. Nope. He said big teams. Ah, oh, true. Um, <laughs> how, big just, these, how, how big are these? How big are these? They just had a draw. Um, one's the biggest team in the history of the competition. The biggest team in the world. Man United and Chelsea. Man United and Chelsea. Connell takes it this week. Wow. How could you not get that one? Sure, <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. I mean, you call, you call Chelsea Arsenal and Arsenal beat them. So. <laughs> I know. I couldn't. I had no idea. That's why I literally had no idea. Uh, oh, no, wait. That was a, that was a proper, yeah. proper competition there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was tight. It was tight. So I think the pressure got to wait in the end. Yeah, you know, yeah. Is, is that what's going to happen to Klopp and his, his players in the uh, in the running uh, when the pressure just gets to him? Thanks, Another good uh, another good trivia there, and always a pleasure to extend the lead. So I believe that takes it to three. Uh, wait off. Uh, with four, uh, with, games, with four left. games left. Jeez. Jeez. I'm gonna have to do a Burnley, yeah, uh, boy. Yeah, you're gonna need you're gonna need something special, or Rads is gonna have if, to introduce an additional segment. If oh, if my. if Connell wins it next week, the last three he games, now nah, he's gonna become the trivia master for the three yeah. last three weeks. Yeah, I'll change it round. <laughs> yeah, true. Oh well, gents, I guess. Uh, Really quick wrap-up in the end. We've obviously got Champions League back on. You called it last week, Rudds. You called it last week, Wade. You said City and Liverpool to make the final. Any changes to that with the given City's result? Um, potentially the historical club of, of... I just want to put on record that Real Madrid have twice been at the death's door with PSG and Chelsea and have come back. They've been 15 minutes away from being eliminated. Are yeah, we, we going to see that history repeat, repeat itself? The third time is a bit too far for them. So I think um, I no. think Real Madrid have to have to attack. Um, Real Madrid are the ones that are going to have to have the impetus to win the game. And I think for Man City, they're just going to play them off the park. I think that it's going to play into their favour in terms of the way they're going to move the ball around and keep position and, and find those spaces. And the later it gets in the game, the more numbers... Real Madrid, you have to commit forward. The easier the game's going to look for Man City. It's just going to be a, a, a case of whether they take their chances. I, I can see them getting a lot of chances. Yeah. Wade, 
any surprises you know, for Villarreal? Do you see I them said, maybe? I, no, I think. I think uh, I think Liverpool have got that one in the bag. I can't see them overturning um, that deficit. Uh, but Real Madrid last week, I actually said I feel like it's going to be close. I feel like City might win one nil. Uh, I know it was four three, but there was only a one goal gap then. For some reason, I was watching TV on Saturday nights and decided to watch Madrid and Espanyol. Um, and they look good, man. They looked really good. I mean, I know it's Espanyol. It's not City, of course. Completely different proposition. But I've just got a sneaky feeling Madrid might get something over City. Yeah. I don't know if it's the, the one thing I will say that I don't know, but that four-three scoreline flatters. No, flatters of course Madrid. it flatters them, hundred percent. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Pep, no, Pep definitely. Called it, Pep called it. City wasted the opportunity to bury yeah. that tie. The, the, yeah. the tie should be over. Yeah. There's no two ways about that. Yeah. But it's not. And you've got a guy, a striker at Real Madrid in the form of his life. So, um, I'm, I don't know. I don't know if that one... I, I wouldn't say that one's as dead and buried as what would, Rudd's would you, thinking. But... Would you support Benzema for Ballon d'Or, best player in the world? Man... He's he's up there. up there. He's he's up there, man. He's up there. It's hard yeah. to put my finger on one person, but he's had that type of season. You know what I mean? Yeah. If I mean, if they get the through obvious, City, if the, they the get through City, Ruts, then be Salah in there. But I also probably I, I wouldn't mind having a shout out for Sadio Mane. You know, winning the the Afcon. You know, yeah. if they win the Champions League or or and the league. You know, I think he's he's a shout. But um, I think if yeah. Liverpool go on to win a quadruple. If there, there would be and, and be the Salah. winner and you the winner did Salah. not come from Liverpool, it would yeah. be a bit of a farce because they generally yeah. pick in. I mean, the fact that Jorginho ever won the freaking world, uh, yeah, like, yeah, he won sure. the best or whatever it was, uh, not the Ballon d'Or, but the the FIFA best FIFA. player. Yeah. Um, I think it yeah. does go hand in hand to to you know clean up the titles and have the winner come from there. So. I guess if Benzema can go on and then, you know, pull Real Madrid out the Maya and then go on to win the final, you know, potentially he'll be in the conversation. But he is having a stellar season. Unfortunately, these awards don't get judged on just the individual's performance. It's always backed up by uh, titles that go with it generally. So, yeah, um, interesting times indeed. But uh, plenty of football to see. Obviously, West Ham, we called it last week. We said I Eintracht Frankfurt will probably be too strong in a... I dare say, I might just say that they'll probably close that out and we'll see a Leipzig-Frankfurt uh, uh, final. And then, of course, going into the weekend with plenty, plenty of action to be had there. But we're going to have to end the show here, gents. It's been a pleasure bringing you another episode of What the Football Podcast. Catch us on Apple Podcasts and, of course, Podbean. We can catch all our episodes and seasons from one to four. I'm your host, Conway T., Thank you for joining us and make sure that you listen closely to the show. Until next time.